0: Welcome back to the podcast. So grateful to have you here with us today. We're going to be talking about something that I'm super passionate about, and I hope this is something you'll find important and helpful for you in your own journey in life as well, especially as if you're considering um, counseling or therapy. Maybe you've had a bad experience previously, and I don't know if I want to go back. It didn't really work. Is it worth the time or the money or the energy? Or if you're you know, thinking about it for the first time, and just that anxiety, that nervousness, right? Can can I really open up and share who's this weird person in therapy? And what is therapy? What are we going to be doing? It's not an easy experience to start a therapy journey, that's for sure. So I, I want to talk about two things. One is we're going to look at the research and what the research says about what predicts best outcomes in therapy. And number two, we are going to look at... um basically someone's experience um, in therapy so this is a, a mentor a uh, kind of professional that i that i know um, in the field and they just shared their experience with me and i'm going to keep their information anonymous but just about what their experience was working with different therapists and they said they had a therapist first who is super relational like the type of person, that anyone who's around them, they just feel connected. Like, I love being around this person. They're awesome. They're fun. They're engaging. They got me. And, you know, just able to connect on this level. The second therapist, they said this therapist is like extremely intelligent, super clinical, understood things, could see right through them, understood what was going on, the ins and outs of everything. And the third therapist they work with, he said was like awkward, kind of a socially awkward person They were competent, they knew what they were doing, but they weren't extremely intelligent. Um, They were relational, but they weren't like this super bubbly, automatically feel like, yeah, you get me type thing, but kind of just like this average person, if you will, that they were doing therapy with. And they said that the therapist who had the most impact on their life was the average therapist, the one who wasn't super intelligent, wasn't super relational, but was kind of just this average person there. Um, the others were, were great in different ways, but the one that made the biggest impact on his life and the time he experienced the most change was just his average therapist. Now, why in the world is that, right? You'd think someone who's actually able, really relational and able to connect and, and you feel understood and heard, right? That that person is going to help you change. Or the one that's super intelligent, right? Like if I was going in to get heart surgery, I want the most intelligent, best heart surgeon possible, Right? I don't want the average Joe, I want the one who's the expert top of the field. So why was that therapist not the one that made the change of the difference and the average Joe was? So let's take a look at the research and see what it says about therapy and therapy outcomes. So within the field of mental health, a pretty well-known um, research area is what they call a common factors research. Um, there's some researchers at Michigan State University that's done some good good work on this. And so what they've looked at is they've looked at and controlled for what are the factors affecting the change process within therapy and what it actually predicts the most positive outcomes for someone through their therapeutic journey or experience. So the first one that you'll hear that's kind of widely known and talked about is the therapeutic alliance. Now what I mean by the therapeutic alliance is this is your relationship with the therapist. This is the ability to go in and feel heard, understood. You get me, you understand me. It's a safe place where I can open up and be honest with myself. And you can help me look at things from different perspectives in different ways because it's safe. And I feel connected, right? To be able to work with you through this journey. Um, kind of sounds like a no brainer, but that is one of the biggest predictors of treatment outcomes, which makes sense. And that's the one that. If you're talking with people in the mental health field, oftentimes they'll focus on the most. There's also another one that's actually the strongest predictor of um, positive outcomes in therapy. And that is client motivation. So that's the person coming in for therapy. Their motivation or readiness or willingness to change, to put in the hard work, to accept kind of the brutal hard facts of the situation, or accept reality, accept things for as they are, not as you want them to be or as they ought to be, but as they are, that concept is called radical acceptance. So I'm accepting things and being able to still put the work in to move forward, especially when things are hard, when it's uncomfortable, when I have to look at the parts of myself that I don't like or don't want to. Um, or other people are making it really difficult or hard or there's societal and systemic factors. Um, it, it's challenging. I don't, I'm not underestimating and I don't want to invalidate anything you're going through. But that makes sense, right? Like when I'm ready and willing to put the work in and to really engage in the therapy process, I'm going to get the best outcomes and experience. Uh, Similar to, right, like if I hired a a fitness instructor or a personal trainer and if they're the most relational, relational personal trainer, they're able to talk with me, connect with me, right? May or may not, help me improve my physical health, right? Or build muscle or lose weight, whatever my goal is. Or if they're like extremely intelligent, they know their stuff, they know the exact workouts and routines and diet strategies and caloric intake, right? That I need to have to get the results I want. If I'm not ready or willing to do the work, it's not going to matter. But if I'm able to go in and work with that personal trainer and I'm willing to come in and do the hard things to stick with the, the diet plan, And come in and do the work. Show up every night and go through the process and the routines. That's going to be the biggest predictor of outcomes, right? Now, then you match that with the ability to connect and relate and feel understood and safe, even with a personal trainer, right? Like, if I think you're judging me, if I think you're, like, you're coming down on me, like you're just a complete jerk, like, I don't want to work with you. I'll find someone else. (laughs) Um, But if I feel connected with you then that's going to help things move forward. And then if you add in that, the intelligence, right? And coming back to the therapy part with this, the way I look at intelligence piece is this would be like even therapeutic modality or approach, like the clinician's ability to be able to match your needs with the right approach for therapy um, and the right tools and skills to be able to help you reach the outcomes and results that you'd like in your life. And therapy is not a one-size-fits-all. There's not going to be one therapist that connects with every single person perfectly in the world. So if you had a bad experience with a therapist, let's find a different therapist. Um, or if you feel like you're not connecting with them, bring that up and talk with your therapist now and and have that discussion. And that can actually be very valuable and change the the relationship you do have. And Maybe look at some things that's about you that maybe bring that that they might be bringing to it. There's a lot of things that can come from that and why you might not be feeling that connection. Talk through that, work through that with them. Uh, I think you might be surprised at what you're getting, what you can gain from that conversation in that that process. Now, the other part of of this right is that one approach does not work for every single person. Um, so. Cognitive behavioral therapy is the most well researched um, therapeutic modality or approach within the field for a lot of different reasons, but you'll find the most research and kind of evidence base for that modality. And when you look at meta analyses for cognitive behavioral therapy, when they compare this to other therapeutic modalities, what you find is there's no clinically significant difference between that approach and another. Um, And there's a lot of reasons that I'm not going to in this podcast for that. If you'd like more information, you'd like to chat more about that, send me an email at help, H-E-L-P, at impactfulcounseling.com. Happy to connect with you on that. But really, it's the ability to match the right modality and approach and stick with that approach to be able to help you meet your needs and find the the outcomes that you would like in, in therapy so that you can experience that change. You can find the healing that you're looking for. You can have hope in your life. These are all real things. And one of the other things about the therapeutic experience and and my experience working with a lot, I don't even know how many of of couples and families and individuals and adults and young adults like coming in for therapy is oftentimes people wait until it's like crisis moment to come in for for therapy um, or for help. They wait until we're needing open heart surgery, right, metaphorically um, in our relationship or in our parenting dynamics or individually in my life um, to come in for therapy. And that's a lot harder to to treat, right? You have to go through a stabilization process um, and then kind of start looking at how did we get here and help you work through that and then look at the tools and the skills, all these different things, whereas, right? And I'm gonna use the heart analogy again, right? If five years previously, maybe you would have, and this isn't true always, right? Because sometimes you still need open heart surgery. But maybe five years previously, you changed your diet and your exercise routine and your lifestyle and you started working with that personal trainer and following the recommendations of your doctor uh, around things, maybe you have a different outcome or you didn't actually need open heart surgery. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But you could be in a very different place and the work's going to be a lot less. It's going to be a lot less expensive, right, to pay for a personal trainer than it is for open heart surgery. And that's the same type of experience you'll find in counseling or in therapy. So sometimes, like, if you find yourself on the edge, like, well, this is great. Um, and I I don't think I really need help. I got this. yet yeah, you might and that that's awesome right keep moving forward and i want to support you in any way that i can whether that's through a podcast whether it's through our blogs whether it's through sharing other resources um right we don't always need therapy all the time certainly and and there are times that it would be helpful and probably when we wait a little too late to come in and seek the help that that we need um I hope this has been informational and helpful for you. As always, this isn't counseling. This isn't therapy. This isn't specific advice or recommendations for you. It's simply information. Information that I hope can be impactful and meaningful for you in your own journey or experience with counseling or therapy or just in life in general. If you have questions, again, send me an email, help at impactfulcounseling.com. And I look forward to having you on our next podcast. Thanks so much for your time.